This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, the good win, the bad and the ugly of United's crazy week. And dark days for dark blues. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duffy. And looking shocked, grumpy and bemused, it's the three dwarfs. <laughs> Are Alan Temple. Hello. George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan. The tallest three dwarfs you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello, everybody. It's like elves. I may be six foot plus, but I'm a dwarf. Right. What? What? What's going on? Alan. United. Yeah, let's let's start with it. Maybe the easiest question of the day: Does immediate mean something different in America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, it's funny. I remember saying earlier in the season after Tony Ashgard said Jack Ross is going nowhere. Nine nil defeats tend to change things, and yeah. and similarly, four uh, nil um, shellacking against. Uh, your closest relegation rivals probably change the the definition of immediate. So uh, that that backing and and show of no immediate changes that Mark Ogren talk about uh, has gone by the wayside. And even by Dundee United standards, even by the standards of this city, it's been an astonishing week. Absolutely astonishing week of uh, of news. And I guess in terms of taking it one step at a time. The most recent one and the most pressing one and the most important one in this survival bid is the appointment of a new manager and yeah, Jim Goodwin. It's a it's an it's an interesting one. A rabbit out the hat, as they say in cliche land. Oh yeah, I mean if we're throwing if we're throwing cliches at it, then let's go out of the frying pan into the fire as well uh, because yes. um, uh, we're just discussing off air there and. I think there's a hell of a lot of credit due to Jim Goodwin. It's a really ballsy acceptance of the offer. He's a, um, you know, it's none of anyone's business, but we could surmise that he probably could sit on a severance package from, for Aberdeen for a, a hell of a lot longer than six weeks without feeling the need to get back in. He could recharge, he could go watch games, he could, he could do anything. But what he's done is taken on an incredibly, incredibly tough challenge, which if he were to be relegated if it weren't to go the way that he hopes that would be a sacking from Aberdeen and a relegation in the space of one uh, campaign which um, you know would be a dent on, on anyone's CV so I think the fact that he's backing himself so soon after a real setback a real kick in the teeth at Aberdeen he's backing himself to come in and work with these existing players and uh, get a tune out of them and, and get them out of trouble when he's got uh, no imperative to do that um, I think is I think is impressive from the other side I also do realise that he's probably thinking um, they'll, you know, out of sight out of mind and the longer I'm out of the game would I necessarily walk into a club like yeah. Dundee United uh, so he's, he's maybe thinking as is often the case in football you very rarely get a job when the club is in a great state there's a reason that jobs tend to be vacant um, so um, I think it's a really interesting one and, and I, you very rarely have a time like he did at Aberdeen and weeks later get the offer of a job at a club with the stature of United, United. Yeah and I think it's, it's 
Uh, it is worth noting, I think, because recency bias is such a big thing uh, in football. It's always, if your last job was great or bad, then you are great or bad. You know, but, it, but it's worth saying, if Jim Goodwin had been appointed Dundee United manager, fresh from the job he was doing at St Mirren, I think there would have been an, a real feeling that, oh, wow, we, we might have got the next up-and-coming mm. thing in mm-hmm. Scottish football. You know, his Aloha team was good to watch. Yeah. Then he had some tangible um, progress with St Mirren. did an job at, at Aloha, didn't yeah, he? And, them up. and do you know what? Show me, an, show me a manager that doesn't have a disaster on their CV. It's, you know, you'll do well to find one. You really will. So um, I'm not inclined to write somebody off based on one job. Um, but as I say, there's a... Um, if this one was to also go badly, and, and obviously everyone in the room hopes that hopes that it doesn't, um, then uh, it wouldn't be a great <laughs> look in terms of his uh, in terms of his campaign this season. So, really um, interesting times ahead. But as I say, uh, there's not many CVs out there that don't have a disaster on them. So I'm not inclined to write off Jim Goodwin or be too uh, cynical about the appointment. I think there's there's evidently potential in him as a coach and a manager we've seen that already and um be really interesting to see what this new new voice new face new feel about the club um can bring to it because it's a, it's a big job in a short time yeah i think that as alan's alluded to bear is it not it's the timing in a perfect world for jim goodwin of having experienced what he did at aberdeen he it was probably the best time would be the summer but how do you turn down when, mm-hmm. when you're in his situation after having such a disaster at Aberdeen? How do you turn down the opportunity to stake your claim for a permanent job at a club like United? Yeah, it's it's quite a, a stunning sequence of events. Events this week, Tom. It's it's led to Jim Goodwin taking the job, and hopefully we'll find out a bit more today on those very aspects of you know why did he feel he had to come back so soon? Um, I mean, he was he was given a, a big project at Aberdeen, and initially. You know they were doing well. He completely revamped the team, and mm-hmm. things were things were going well. They were scoring goals. They, were, they still had that Achilles heel of the struggle to win away matches, and then all spiraled downwards. And he got into he just he just couldn't uh, went as we've seen before, and not just with Jim Goodwin, but lots of managers yeah. that get into a situation that they just can't seem to get out of. And you know, he looking the, back, yeah. would a more experienced football board maybe have done him a favour and. Bind him after Darvel, yeah, rather let him limp on the next game, was, which was even worse. And, and that's that's what concerns me as well. What was the impact on you? Feel Jim Goodwin. What was the impact on him and his family? Yeah. And that extra sort of week he had in charge, where everybody knew he was dead man walking effectively, and they go Easter Road and take six. And it was a sad, sad sight to see him walking across the pitch that day on his own, leaving yeah. the stadium. The mm-hmm. way things panned out, and how did that affect him? But. <laughs> And the fact he's come back so quickly, and, and Alan's alluded to a lot of the reasons why he maybe didn't have to come back so so quickly. Yeah. I think it's worth pointing out, maybe people out there, and I, none of us know his severance package no, at Aberdeen. absolutely. But I know the club he's gone to, Dundee United, when the a manager was stood down, he remained an employee of the club yes. usually and was paid yeah. his monthly salary. The reason clubs do that is if you get another job, they yeah. stop paying you. yeah. So Jim Goodwin maybe got a big yeah, possibly. a one-off payment, but he, he's maybe technically, until yesterday, 
an employee of Aberdeen. So yeah. he's, and, and could have sat there for 18 months, yeah. two years, whatever he had left on his contract. Mm-hmm. So he might have taken a huge financial ga- gamble personally. Yeah. The one thing I, I will say about Jim, Jim Goodwin and having watched his career as a player and as a manager, he's a warrior. Mm-hmm. He's a warrior on the park. And mm-hmm. he, he, he looks to me as though he is, yeah. And, but that, that will, I mean, that, that uh, you know, uh, as time at Aberdeen will have, will have dented his confidence somewhat. I think there's also the case that, as Alan pointed out, had Jim Goodwin come in at Tardis before Jack Ross, you know, I think a lot of the United yeah. fans would have worked on him with open arms. There's going to be a strange one on Saturday. I think there's, there's disillusionment at Tardis big style amongst the fans about where things have panned out and not everyone is quite chipper about Jim Goodman being handed the opportunity to run the club no. until the end of the season that, that's difficult because Let's put it out there yeah. it doesn't help Jim Goodman no. that for, for two or three four days before he was appointed the fans were expecting Craig Levine uh-huh. yeah. to borrow that's a phrase from yeah. someone else from a, another place long ago Dundee mm-hmm. the, basically the fans in their eyes were offered champagne and they're getting a pint of lager yeah. instead. Yeah, I know. And that, that's tough for the manager. Yeah. Because what sort of reception... I imagine mm. we've got a good reception on Saturday, but here, let's, let's be honest, United are struggling. Not I, from the Aberdeen No, fans. no. Well, <laughs> I'd be God, it's great. I'm, what a game I know, to get from him. I know, <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy, isn't it? It's just, it so often happens in football, these things. I, I'm, I'm just surprised that it's not actually live on TV. You know, as I think it's going out to America, Alan, you probably be able to, Is that the reason it's a 6.30 kick-off? I think there might be something in that. Um, anyway, whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's one of these sort of ironic things that happens in football. And, uh, you know, he's... One thing I will say, he's he's only been out of the game a few weeks, so he knows every club yeah, inside opinion, out in Scottish football. Uh-huh. And one club he knows more <laughs> yeah. than anything is the club he's facing on Saturday. Yeah. So that'll give him a... You'll have an idea how they're going to set up, how they play, and how you, you can actually stop them and, and win the game. Because you lose sight of the bigger picture here. Dungeon into the bottom of the league and absolutely desperate, desperate for points. Yeah. You know, so let's hope that... Hope that Jim Goodman can get them off to a decent start on Saturday. The comparisons between Aberdeen and Dundee United are, are really interesting yeah. as well. The, it's such an interesting subplot in terms of, you know, you're, you were listing there, you know, struggled to win away from home. They've shipped goals like nobody's business. They've, they basically, their campaign under Jim Goodwin has sort of echoed Dundee United's campaign. There's only one team that's conceded more goals in the Premiership than Dundee United this season, and it's Aberdeen. So, so you look goals, at, goals, goals on Saturday. So what are we moaning about? You, you look at that one of two ways. You look at that and you either go, well, you're, you've hired someone that oversaw the same problems that you've had all yeah. season, or you look at it the other way and you say, you're hiring somebody that's bound to have learned some hard lessons. Yeah. Um, mm. So um, it'll be it'll be it'll be an intriguing one to to. Uh, see which way it goes, but it bears kind of touched on a such a a, a strange aspect of of this week as it has been such a roller coaster, especially with we've not even mentioned Tony Askar stepping down no, as sporting crazy. director. The, the, the and, whole thing and crazy. Isn't so it? the supporters have had this, um, you know, feeling of that those who wanted Tony to leave have have had a feeling of uh, almost celebration, if you like. Not that we, you know, like to celebrate anyone leaving a job. It's, not a becoming thing to do but nevertheless they've been content that he's left the club because that's what they wanted and then they thought they were getting Craig Levine so at that point the the feeling is so high so high it's like Saturday's going to be a party it'll be there. then it 
things break down with Craig and, and that, that happens. Craig Levine is, everyone listening to this podcast will have a general idea of what Craig's like. He's his own man and yes. if he was going to go in there, he needed to get mm. everything that he would possibly have wanted. He would have wanted total control um, of, of pretty much every aspect of the football club because that's his... That's his thing. style of management. That's his style, exactly. So it broke down, it happens, and uh, that is not Jim Goodwin's fault, and, it's, and I'm sure it won't no. be held against him. But it has been a, a roller coaster experience, and I, I, th- I still think it'll be a high. I still think it'll on Saturday. There's a, After that initial shock, I would call it, of, of realising, oh, it's not going to be Craig Levine, it's going to be somebody else, I think there is now a... Uh, that's now subsided, and there's now a, people that are thinking about it, maybe a bit more... Um, and analytically and saying do you know what if we were looking for a, a free agent manager who mm. knows this league and how many were out there yeah. so Jim Goodwin's at a pretty solid appointment I think there's a, an acceptance of that now and I, I really expect him to get a, a good welcome but as, as Bear says precarious position I'm and that, so sure. yeah, that feel good factor that initial sort of oh this could be something mm. new that wanes away really quickly if the players don't do the business and <laughs> the fans all start thinking, well, that was that, but we're still bottom of the league, we're getting hammered again. They're under pressure to go off to a good start. What, yes. they, what, what they're crying out for is a, a, an early goal mm. to get everyone on side. A good win. The other side of the coin <laughs> is, yeah, a good win, yeah. The other side of the coin is Aberdeen get off to a good start and then things things turn very quickly. Um Oh, subplot is of course that Barry Robson's in the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. The former Dundee United player, of course, favourite, and obviously worked under uh, uh, Jim Goodwin as well. So yeah, it's a, a fascinating game. I mean, I, 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 it's a game I would have liked to have seen yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. TV. It should you know, have been on so TV. many yeah. things, uh, not just the ninety minutes on the part, everything that's going on around it as well, sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's set up nicely. So hopefully, we get a good crowd. George, we'll, we'll give you the brutal question. Oh, Alan mentioned some of the... Don't swear. <laughs> oh, my word. That's a yellow card. That might be an amber card. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking, as, as, as you sit across the road and your seat high in the stand at Dens, looking across the Tannadice, because let's be honest, it's better than looking on the pitch just now. All, all that's happened in the last week, does it look a bit of a shambles? Loaded question. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Should have saved the swear word for the start. Yeah. Of this one. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to get away from that. I think um, it's been. I think people. The, look, the look owner. Of, ba- the owner backs the manager. The owner backs the man who runs the club day to day. They're both gone within three or four days. Yeah. They lost they'll 4-0. have a dread 4 nil going on yeah. 6 or 7 the goal for the fans hero to return they speak to another couple of guys and then they pull the manager out the hat who as we say has got has got something to offer definitely in a positive mm-hmm. but has had a terrible time very recently at one of the two clubs United fans love to hate the most. It's, um, I would say, desperate maybe, is maybe the word. That, yeah. That's what it looks like. Um, and that's, Naive? I don't, well, possibly, but it's probably hard to un, underestimate or over, uh, 
what, what I don't know what word I'm going to go for here, but uh, how uh, influential Tony Ashkar was in terms of every decision that was made at Dundee United, and then as soon as he's gone, there's a massive void, surely. So then, who then makes the decision to bring in the, the new manager? Someone he appointed. <laughs> yeah, probably. But you've got to think that there would have been a bit of uh, desperation around Tanner Dice and, and thinking, oh, what, what do we do now that uh, Tony Ashgar's gone? He's, he made the decision. That's yeah. what it looks to me now, and you're, you're, you're closer to it than any of us. But from the outside, that it, it does look a bit, oh, I would panicky. Look- yeah, I wouldn't be inclined to use the word shambles. Um, uh, that's why I went for desperate. I thought that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's much desperate shambles. I'm, I'm not sure that's much. But better. sometimes desperate could could pay off. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think there's an element of um, it being reactionary and scrambling yeah. um, because. Um, when th- because in football things change, situations can lurch from not great to okay, we need big changes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a, it is a club in flux from boardroom to dugout and even uh, Jim's new con- uh, even Jim's contract is only till the summer. So who knows what will be. Our paper carried you know, the news of, uh, of a local consortium interest in buying the club, which is exploratory at the moment, but it's very real and very serious people involved in it. So... Yeah, it's it's a club that I wouldn't say there's anything shambolic about it, but it's a club that you look at and say things are changing and evolving at um, quite a speed, and there's a lot of reacting to that to to be done. Um, it is what it is also worth noting. Just because I think you touched on it, kind of in a drive by there, it was in terms of the, the you know the talks with Craig Levine and Jim Goodwin. I mean, it is worth noting that although the initial conversation and approach was kind of informally made to Craig Levine on, on, on Monday. Jim Goodburn was somebody that was involved in those very, very initial discussions. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it isn't a, oh my God, we've not got Craig Levine. Ah, what do we do now? Jim Goodwin, along with Neil Lennon, is somebody that their very, very first initial discussions on who's next were discussed. And, and so so Jim Goodwin is somebody that was, was very high uh, on a list that... Maybe mentioned that, to Craig Levine, there is actually a link... And I think Jim Goodwin's father-in-law was Craig Levine's international scout and someone who Craig Levine's known for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is it Mick Oliver, is it? Somebody told me that the other day. Yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. you're spot on. Yeah. So it might have been... Uh, I don't know. Could have started as a package. Because mm-hmm. uh, one thing, again, Craig, uh, Craig Levine likes a number two, a strong number yeah. two as well. Peter Houston, traditionally... But I don't I don't know what Peter's doing just mm. now and what his thoughts would have been on a return to Tanner Ace with Craig. Yeah. I think I think Craig would have sought to bring somebody with him and it would have been somebody younger, um a more coach type, but it certainly wasn't Jim Goodwin and doesn't doesn't seem like there's any reason for us to really talk about it now because it's no it's not happening. No, it's so, not happening. Yet, we'll, so. we'll just leave that but one out so there, <laughs> shall we? Just Did a wee it, teaser for the listeners. If if we're if, if we move up to the boardroom level, I mean, and, and I mean, I do, I stick by what I say. It's been, I think it's been a shambolic week, but it's been a shambolic week. And it, to be fair to Mark Ogren, he hasn't run the club badly since he took over. Might this be a painful learning process for him uh, as owner? 
I think certainly, sorry, just mentioning the, the no immediate changes, that, that will have been a painful yes. experience, I think. Uh, putting that out there and then that result happens on Saturday and you, you suddenly have to go back. I, I don't think the reaction from from fans, it, it didn't convince many, I don't think, with, with that interview either. Um, and uh, Yeah. I think some, if he's learnt, if you're if you've lost four, or five, or six games in a row, you see nothing mm-hmm. about your manager's position because that can't go on, yeah. you know, much longer. But uh, I mean, I feel I feel for Mark Gordon because he's putting a lot of money. Yeah, and and I think the first the first thing a good owner does, he, he's always paid the wages on time, and people people have felt secure in their jobs, obviously away from the playing side. Yeah, I feel for Mark Ogden because he, he bought the club and, and it almost instantly is hit by the COVID pandemic and mm-hmm. everything closes down. And I think Aye. the whole period, and he's a genuine yeah, man. The whole mm. period he's been involved, he, he's he has been unfortunate, and you wonder what the experience has done for his commitment towards Dundee United going forward. I do believe that he is committed to the club, but you wonder if the things that have happened over that over that period of time. He is a businessman ultimately. Um, and if, if someone's going to yeah, offer him a way out, he if, might take yeah, it. Yeah, if there was an opportunity to, to, to move on to other things, he, he would take it. I mean, obviously, we've seen the changes in the manager, we've seen changes in the boardroom this week, and, you know, he's he's at the top of the tree now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in, in over the next couple of months. And, you know, the main thing for the club is they managed to avoid relegation, which would be absolutely disastrous financially. We, we know yeah. that. Um, they've, they've got players on big contracts here. They would have to be swinging cuts, you know, left, right, and centre. And, and you certainly don't want don't want to see that. So the focus has to be: they've got a, a new manager in place. They've got twelve games to to right, you know, the, the wrongs. But as we've seen in the past, you know, everybody expects a team. We'd expect a team like Dundee United probably to get away from that. And sometimes it doesn't quite pan out like that. They're going to have to dig really deep, Tom, because I look at the teams in that league now and I, 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 I struggle. I, th- I think Kilmarnock could get dragged into it, but I do believe Kilmarnock will get enough points at Rugby Park to keep themselves above water. Motherwell have had an instant impact from Stuart Kettlewell going in there. I don't think that will continue. I think they will continue. They will remain down there. I think Ross County, Marky Mackay, is a, I like him as a manager. He's a shrewd manager. His chairman has stuck by him through tough times. He never seems to get too high when they win. He never seems to get too low when they lose. But what he does is he gets enough points to make sure that they don't get dragged into um, a real scrap at the bottom. So it's going to be tough for Dungeon. They're going to have to find something um, that, that they've not been able to show in the last two or three months. I mean, Alan, I'm looking at the league table just now. Is, is the big worry for United on the park that you look at the five teams above them? Now, two of them are probably out of the relegation, definitely in Livingston's case, out of the relegation struggle. But they're battling teams, and United haven't shown that, have they? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think there tends to be, uh, in a lot of leagues, um, a team that weren't necessarily expecting to be in a relegation battle. And you you, you often get the sense that that's one major factor, that if you have a group of players that were assembled um, and recruited for uh, the other end of the table and for different challenges Mm. and they suddenly find themselves in a relegation battle whether it's conscious or subconscious there might be a feeling of oh this is not what we we signed up for (laughs) whereas 
you look through Kilmarnock, Ross County, Motherwell squad, they probably did. They probably realised that this whole season was going to be about scrapping and fighting and uh, clawing for every single point that they get. So that's what Dundee United now need to start doing. Um, and to be fair, that I mean, for a long time they've been saying... We realise that we're in a battle. We realise we need to scrap. We no, nobody's under any illusions here. But they've not showed it on. They've mm. not shown it on the pitch. So no, saw that on Saturday. It's, yeah. You know, when Ryan Edwards is talking about how he believed that Ross County wanted it more, or it looked like they wanted it more on Saturday, you're just you're thinking that. I mean, that's and nobody in in their right mind was under any doubt how important that game was on Saturday, and it was a game that. First of all, you had to fight and battle mm. and scrap. Then you can think about winning the match. And Dundee United weren't at the races; they just rolled over. They and yeah. that's it's so that was so damning. Um, and yeah, Jim Goodwin needs to go in there very quickly and get, build some confidence, get some fire in the belly, and do whatever he needs to do to actually. I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm reluctant to say to get them up for it because it would be pretty damning if they weren't. But you look at the performances yeah. on the pitch and you so go, just, it doesn't look like they are. No. So <laughs> something's got to something's got to change and maybe a fresh couple of fresh faces, Jim Goodwin, um, Lee Sharp can can hmm. get something fresh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, just jump in here. Has, has the new goalkeeper arrived? Uh, not yet. No, he's not in the country. So likely as you, he'll not be involved certainly this weekend. I would be. I would be. I'm, so there's, it's a massive question straight away yeah. for Jim Goodwin. Who does he? Pick to play between the sticks. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for him. Mm. Right from the off, is it going to? Be, does he bring Birgit back in, mm-hmm. or does, I, he, does he keep Newman in the goal? Who's, who's just four yeah. at Ross County? Yeah. Aside from the first goal, he was kind of caught in no man's land, obviously. But how, how was he? I thought, New, I thought Jack Newman played yeah. quite well. I yeah. really did. I thought he made a couple of <coughs> really good saves, and also, I, I don't. Th- he should have been held to by his defence yeah, yeah, see the first goal I don't think Jack makes the right decision yeah. In terms of coming yeah. for it However, I understand why he's mm-hmm. made that decision Because I can guarantee you When you're playing a centre-back pairing Of Ryan Edwards and Charlie Mulgrew He'll have been told by his manager See if we're caught up the park And anything comes over the mm-hmm. top yeah. Charlie and Ryan aren't the paciest So you need to cover that half space So he's he will have been primed that he needs to be sweeper keeper. Um, so I can understand why he's made that decision. And then he's getting there. He is getting to that ball. And you see, you watch the goal and Ryan Edwards is ready to step aside and let Jack take it because he can see the picture. Charlie Mogu then runs over from left centre back to get involved in a situation that I understand he's probably trying to take responsibility for a situation, but I don't really think he needed to have anything mm. to do with it. And he's then the one that kicks the ball against Ryan Edwards and, and Eamon Brophy scores. But... There's culpability kind of all mm. over the shop yeah, for that goal. And I think to call it, a, which I've seen it elsewhere, to call it a goalkeeping error, yeah. I think is is poor form because I don't think it's as simplistic as that. Um, but he could have seen he, it at that point as a young goalkeeper and, and that happens and you think, oh, head goes down. Totally. He could have crumbled. Yeah. He could have absolutely crumbled. And that is, despite a 4 0 scoreline, mm. that's absolutely not what happened. And I think he'll have given some, I think he'll have given the manager some, some food for thought. Um, but. Yeah, it's a big decision and one of so many big decisions that he's got to make He's in terms of Dundee United have played two different shapes in their last four games. They've, they need a, a central defensive partnership that works. They need to toughen up the midfield. They need to find a way to get support to Stephen Fletcher in attack. He's just too often he's isolated. But how do you do that without losing defensive mm-hmm. solidity? 
there is, and that's quite aside from all the, and I think, bigger issue, which is build confidence, build morale, get the place up again. It is such a big job. It really is. And if Jim Goodwin can keep Dundee United up, um, I'm, you know, I'm loath to say it would be a miracle because it's four points, they've got a game in hand, and Dundee United have some good players, but it would be a, a really, really tremendous job that he's done if he can keep them up, and he would merit the job on a more long-term mm. basis if he does. In terms of the, the fight and stuff you're talking about, they could do with Jim Goodwin, the player, couldn't they? Jim yes, I, I, I thought that. I mean, they could... Having him sitting in front of a defence, thrown out, thrown arms. I know it's funny. You, yeah, I love that picture doing the rounds of him decking, <laughs> decking poor Stuart Armstrong. Yeah. Um, that's immediately yes, endearing he himself. Few, he had a few times games against United of stuff up the tunnel as well. Yeah, he was. Um, it's one of these one of these great players that's hard as nails on the park and very eloquent of yeah. it. Ah, he's a lovely man to speak to off the pitch. You wouldn't think that he was that, uh, you know, the player that he was. And the thing that speaks volumes is, you know, uh, teammates of his from his playing days will, will just say he uh, was so valuable mm. to have beside you. Um, and I think that he will obviously be looking to bring that into to his role as a manager. But as I was funny, I was saying that to somebody last night, he, he is exactly the player that Dundee United <laughs> yes. are missing because, see, the, the amount of times they've been killed on turnovers this season mm-hmm. and they just need somebody to be in that space between midfield and defence to, and then make the right decision, whether it's a good tackle, whether it's an interception, or whether it's, I'm going to take a booking and make sure this guy doesn't go any Standing further. Standing there eating the raw meat and yeah. sharpening <laughs> Come ahead, son. That, that is what they've been missing all season. That's what they've been missing since Callum Butcher left. And, yeah. uh, and it's, the fact that it's not been remedied is mind-boggling. But yeah, absolutely. If Jim Goodwin could pick Jim Goodwin, mm. what a difference it would make to that overall balance of the Dundee United team. And finally, to, to give Alan a hard question, George, because you're still looking <laughs> huffy. Um, I'll just try not to the, swear. Is it? The talk of takeover, A, do you think there's a chance of it happening? And B, by the people who don't want their names known yet have made clear it's early stages. Is it something United need to put on the back burner, certainly publicly, between now and the end of the season? because they've got more important business and that's staying in the Premier League. Oh, I mean, the, the answer to your second question is absolutely yes. I mean, they can't be distracted with anything other than the 90 minutes of football that they're going to play each week because that's what's going to get them out of this. But I, I think, you know, uh, first of all, I, I don't um, grudge the anonymity at this stage at all because when, st- when things are exploratory, there is no need to get a name out there and to start building all sorts. Especially if they're local, they don't want to spend uh, the yeah. next five years walking down the street. Why didn't you? Why I, didn't you? 100%, exactly. And But, you know, th- there are serious people that have clearly thought this through and the interest is very real. Um, you know, there is a, a degree of financial backing there as well that would make it viable. But it all comes down to, and that's what we mean about exploratory, that includes, does Mark Ogren want to sell the club? Um, how much would he be looking to recoup? All these sort of things that need to be ascertained that aren't in the hands of these potential uh, buyers. So, But it wouldn't surprise me. All I can say, because I, I couldn't possibly speak for Mark Ogren, was, all I can say is just looking at businesses in general. In this current climate, if you were able to 
recoup some money for your investment. You've had a good five years. It was an adventure. You got Europe. Yeah. You, you know, you were well loved for most of it amongst Dundee United fans. And even now, I still think the vast majority have so much appreciation for what Mark has done. Should. Exactly. So if he um, can have a, get an exit strategy that, that makes sense for all parties, I don't see any conceivable way why he wouldn't consider it. Because um, otherwise... I, I don't see how Mark Ogren gets his gets any mm. any anything back at this point. Yeah, so um, it really interesting times ahead. We're at early stages, so you know we're not running about with our head on fire yet. But you know, come come the summer when we see what division Dundee United are in, and come the summer the, when there's no games, you can write about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know, once uh, and once we see what division they're in, and maybe once some conversations have progressed slightly. Um, It'll be fascinating to see what the the next step is, but um, they'll be hoping to uh, approach that situation with with Dundee United still in the Premiership. And as you say, that is all that matters right now. Right, coming up. Oh no, part two. George, tell me there's an alternate universe where we're going, wait, Dundee are top of the league now. What happened? Which league? Ah, exactly. <laughs> what happened? Uh, A draw... At the weekend, a defeat on Tuesday night. Now they're looking over their shoulder at the playoff places. Yeah, struggling, big time. Uh, Saturday, to be fair, they played really well. I don't. I'm not quite sure how Inverness uh, managed to get anything out of that game because they were distinctly second best. Um, but Dundee themselves were distinctly second best on Tuesday. It's the worst display of the season. Probably at one of the worst times in terms of game in hand chance to catch up on Queen's Park and cut their lead to, to one point you'd think it'd be kind of two teams almost neck and neck with 10, ten games to go uh, and it'd make it interesting but four points now looks quite big doesn't it four points how many games left ten ten games play, play each other on the last day of the season which isn't ideal which we were hoping would be a dead rubber as they say <laughs> in other sports it's not good, George. No, it's not. Um, but there is still plenty to play for. Long way to go, as the manager and players will all say this week. <laughs> but I, I, I think that's true as well. Um, we've seen... I mean, just look at that table. I mean, Queen's Park are not going to win every single game this season. Um, between now and the end of the season. But it's up to Dundee to... Pull, pull themselves together. Uh, the manager's taken a fair bit of flack from, from fans for his uh, team selections and subs. Um, and I think that's been fair, particularly on Tuesday. Um, I wasn't too concerned when I saw the team because it was large, It was two changes for two players that hadn't performed that well on Saturday. Um, but it all seems to be coming to a head in terms of unhappiness in the stands because it was a really really poor performance uh, the first half Partick just kept the ball and Dundee couldn't get anywhere near them Dundee didn't give away any real chances until the ball dropped for Brian Gra uh, Graham in the box um, but there was nothing going forward Dundee couldn't pass to each other basically Beer <laughs> with my extensive research <coughs> that I did in the walk along the corridor to the studio look at the league table We've been saying all season, every game Dundee shows something that makes you think they're the best team in this league. 
They're a runner periods where they don't look the best team in this league. We're waiting for that best to become a, a, mm-hmm. a you know an obvious thing to everybody in terms of wins and points. After twenty six games, they haven't won half their games. That's not a good season for a Dundee in the championship. No, it's not, but they are still second top, and you need to remind yourself that they're, they're still within touching distance of the leaders. I think well, it's, been, it's been a, a strange league, I think. I've refound my yeah. pessimistic money yeah. self. Mm. I will argue till I'm blue in the face and no disrespect to other teams because they've got certain budgets and, the, and they do well accordingly. It's not the strongest championship no, it's of not. recent years. It's not, and I think you're seeing that, and, and that, that's the reason it should give Dundee a bit of hope because on on any given day, you could see any given result. The team at the bottom can beat the team at the top. The, you could throw a you know a, a tablecloth over them, a tea towel even. Um, you know, the, it just depends what sort of team turns up on the day. I think I thought that Dundee and Queens Park had managed to shake off the rest, and Queens Park obviously they're they've they've stolen a bit of a march. But and I thought it was going to be whoever blinked first between Dundee and Queen's Park would, would go on and uh, well whoever blinked first the other team would go on and, and win the title. But Dundee haven't just blinked. It looks like their their eyelids have been glued, <laughs> glued together, doesn't it? The the, the recent form um, and certainly at home. I mean you've got to in the championship you've got to win your home games. That's that's where the league's going to be won and lost. And I've seen Dundee losing games this season. Park have beaten them twice. Park beaten them on the first day of the season. Um, but I've seen Dundee losing games where they perform well. More of a worry for me is that, is that sadly, well, fortunately, I wasn't at the game on Tuesday night. But from what I'm hearing, they played really poorly, and that must be a real concern for the manager. Um, again, uh, the, the, I go back to the fact that I said that Dundee's ace in the pack would be the size of their squad, but I think that's working against them at yeah. this point mm-hmm. in time. I, I do believe that the manager. Uh, the, the changes he is making is because he has so many players there that he feels that can influence a game but there is no fluency to the play because he's making so many changes within games and you know from game to game and you know it's, it's a real battle for Dundee now you know what they've done is these results combined with other teams picking up points Patrick Thistle and Morton especially has gone from being a two horse race to, to the fact that you're now looking at you know four or five teams battling there for for the four playoff slots. Now, you're hoping that Dundee will, will get their act together and actually go on and win that league. But it's so tight in there. A few, and if Dundee continue with the form they're on, it's not beyond the, the realms of possibility. They could find themselves outside the top four in a couple of yeah. weeks' time. And, and mm. that would... that. I mean, I think the fans... George says that the fans are unhappy in the stand. I think the fans are getting really anxious. Yeah. Because right through the season, Dundee fans have felt, you know what, I know we're chasing the gate, we're chasing the team at the top, but... At the end of the day, Dundee are going to win this league. They are going to eventually get to the top. They are going to come out and be champions and go up to the Premier League. I think there is now real concern that that might not be the case. And uh, on current form, it's not. And they're going up to uh, Cove this weekend. Another team that they've lost to, you know, away from home. And they need to find a way to win games. And George said, I was at the game against uh, Inverness on on Saturday and they did they, they did play particularly not I wouldn't say particularly they played well and they should have won the game but the fact is they didn't now champions do find a mm. way to win games they do find a way to get that goal which will beat teams Dundee lost a goal and it was a freak goal it was a deflection 
but they still had half an hour to go and win that game and they could not do it. And that's that's a worry for me as well. I think Zach Robinson is still a bit off the pace. I'm surprised that Alec Kubiak hasn't been used more when yeah. he came in and did quite well for a, for a spell. Um, they need to go and, and find a way to win games. Performances don't matter at this stage of the season. Three points do. There's also a slight worry that a few teams that we maybe thought were falling away mm. are now kicking on again and they're right at Dundee's tails. I'm thinking of Partick Thistle under Chris Doolan, look a, a, a reborn team and under uh, I was thinking Morton had had their day as well but you know the last four games oh, yeah. I think it's three wins and a draw and they're coming back again so as you said if you're Dundee you're thinking not only are we stumbling just at the moment but we're stumbling at a time where others around us mm. are actually starting to find a, a wee bit of form so that would be that would be concerning but uh, you know it's really Dundee shouldn't be in a position where they're thinking about other teams they should really be doing the business themselves but it all sort of I think that's a great word, anxious. It all adds to the anxiety that's building, isn't it? And as you've said there, Alan, other teams have had their bad patch. Every team has a bad patch, almost every team anyway. You have your bad patch when Dundee are having it, it just piles the pressure on because games are running out. You have your bad patch in December, even early January, you've got that thing where, well, there's plenty of games. Get over this in two or three games, we can have a good run. George, the pressure's sort of, they're heaping pressure on ourselves yeah. because games are now running out. After this weekend, we're into single figures. And games like that Inverness game do is heap the pressure even further when you, you deserve to win quite clearly, but you didn't. And then it comes to a Tuesday when you don't play well. And if, if you don't win when you're playing well, then who are you going to do it when you're not playing well? That makes, that makes a lot of sense, George. <laughs> uh, I could see that up on yeah. the wall somewhere. <laughs> the, issue, uh, the issue they've got at the moment is this bad spell's been quite a long spell. If, yeah. Right back to the start of the, the year, they, they won that seventh game on the trot. They were very good at air. Best win of the season. Then suddenly they have a gap over Christmas, which I don't think has helped them. And they got shocked by that. A broth uh, defeat. Yeah. But since the turn of the year, they, they've had what eight league games. I think they've only won two, and that's that's just no one. You know, that's not promotion form. No, it's um, it's not even playoff form. Wrong playoff, maybe. And the manager seemed to lose his patience with his players after Tuesday night. I saw your headline in your intro. Yeah, atrocious. He's ne- yeah, he's he's never angry. He, he doesn't lose his cool, but it's he's. They were in the dressing room, dressing room for a while after the game, um, but he he was more questioning. I think it wasn't like a hair dryer treatment moment or anything like that. I'm not sure he's that type of manager, but um, he was basically asking the players what happened between today and Saturday. Is, is there been seven forty five yeah. and quarter past nine? <laughs> has there been a big falling out between between people, or is there has something happened and it doesn't seem like there there has? I think you've got to give credit to Patrick Thistle as Alan said yeah. Chris Doolan's coming and yeah. he's quickly a turned game plan, yeah. and I, I, again I always feel that look at the guys who scored the goals Brian Game's got a history of scoring goals against Dundee mm-hmm. the boy Harry Mullins already scored against Dundee this season twice yeah so when you're, you're defending set plays and things like that these are the people that have got to mm. be picked up doubly tight and Dundee just don't seem to learn any lessons and you, you say you know the, the secret to, to winning the title is when you play well and you win games great. The secret to winning the title is when you play <laughs> poorly and still manage to win yes. games, Thomas, because you, you've got to defend properly. Mm. 
So it means you keep it as tight as you possibly can. You, you've been rubbish. You go and steal a goal, come away with the three points. And that's that's where we're at now. That's the, that's the seriousness of the situation. Dundee cannot afford to allow that gap to grow. And you, and you can't rely on Queen's Park dropping points. So that means that Dundee no. have got to pick up three points every single yeah. game. Yeah. Is this an ability yeah. to win games when they're not at their very best? To hark back to a point Alan made, both sides of the street just now, it's, it strikes me, and I made a joke a few weeks ago about soft centres. <laughs> They don't have a Callum Butcher in their team. And I think particularly in the championship, uh, United maybe had an excuse because they wanted to play football because they thought they were going for European. But in the championship, successful teams always have a tough defensive midfielder. It's part of the recipe for getting out of that league. Well, then do you have a Sean Byrne? It's not even on sitting on the bench. I'll say and obviously the big favourite with the fans, they want to see him again, but like at the start of the season, he just doesn't seem like a player that Gary Boyer fancies at all. Um, he's obviously brought on Barry Maguire, who I think is a good player. And to be fair to him, in the first half, Dundee as a team were, were, were dreadful, but he was the one that was willing to put a tackle in and, and getting stuck in. He doesn't bring the same quality on the ball, though, that, that Sean Byrne can. Um, in terms of I mean, keeping it, it, possession it's basic as if you've got two great goalkeepers you can only play one of them and United and Dundee have some really good football and midfielders mm. but you need the right blend well I think it's still looking for the right blend th- throughout the whole team um, brought in the two lads on loan from Coast- Colchester United to be fair they've been waiting for a chance and they came in for two players that they, they didn't play to their best on Saturday but it also coincided with probably the most disjointed defensive display for a long time and I wonder whether it was bringing in two new players caused an issue um, there was a point in the first half where Partick Thistle were just getting out of defence in possession far too easy and you could hear Lee Ashcroft bellowing at the, the Zach Robinson and, and Nella players at the front for not for being disorganised when they're trying to combat the yeah. Partick possession and then there was a couple of corners where Partick player just peeled out from the centre and it was it was just a 10 yard pass to a man in 10 yards of space from a corner inside the Dundee box and it happened twice so uh, there's questions whether bringing in a couple of new players just mm-hmm. brought in that disjointed nature, they were okay on the ball but off the ball Dundee were, were weren't good particularly in that first half um, so Bear, interesting it, to see if they play I'm trying to be kind to the manager here as a manager is it, it's almost a nightmare that you've got a defensive unit that some days are like the Berlin Wall and then inexplicably other days like a two foot high fence that you can step over yeah, but I don't think you could point the finger entirely at the defence for that. I think, as George has said, when it comes to corner kicks, you need more than just your defenders doing their job. You need everybody sort of. You normally find your centre half will be will be picking up the biggest players that come into the box, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's the runners that come off. I've Scott Tiffany, yeah, so, so he's not going to win a header in the middle. No, so it's, everybody has to be defensively switched on and. I think the big the, the big problem is again it's it's, it's fluency of selection if you if you're doing it every week and you're on the park every week and you you know I know the manager has to make changes but if, if it's changing 
from game to game and even during games when he makes multiple changes in a game it can become difficult to sort of you know the guy you were, you have your team taught before the game you have, you have your pre-match you know run down mm. who you're meant to be picking up suddenly you've got three different players if you're a centre half or a goalkeeper and you met, you thought well he was maybe on him but wait a minute he's off the park so who's picking up him and suddenly it becomes disjointed and it's very difficult once once that breaks down you then start to see gaps in, within the sort of defensive setup. Um so yeah, then it's not just the defence. I think that, you know we could be overly critical of the centre backs and the goalkeeper, and maybe the two full backs as well. Everybody has to defend properly. But Dundee lost their way going forward. George is right. I think Sean Byrne. I think it's over for him at Dundee. I think we've seen that he's been left out. He's been the fall guy. I think he can do a job, but it's obviously for me the manager does not rate him. Hmm. To be a part of that Dundee team, he's brought in Barry Maguire. He can do a similar role. I'm with you, George. I think Sean Byrne has probably got a bit more quality on the ball. Barry Maguire's probably got a bit more movement and yeah, legs, legs so. in there. But it's, it's it's the it's the front area going forward from them. Guys like Leo Cameron, Paul McMullen, Luke McEwen, Zach Robinson, Alex Jakubiak. When he gets a game, they all look a wee bit off it at the moment. And how the manager gets them back on it, I'm not too sure. But we need to find that pretty pretty damn quickly you go up to Cove on Saturday Cove Dundee beat Cove 3-0 a few weeks ago at Dense Park the first half Cove made life very very difficult very difficult but he made a couple of changes at half time yeah. he brings on Robinson at half time and he brings on Alec Jakubiak power I think that's what yeah. I think the power of Alec Jakubiak for me Alec Jakubiak can be a hit or a miss at times but one thing he has got he's got pace and yeah. he's got power and that can unsettle the defence and I'd like to see him getting a start on Saturday uh, um, up, up at Cove but yeah it's it's uh, the fans are all getting anxious you can see that from the start the flip side of the being unhappy with, with all the changes and bringing boys in and bringing boys out is if the players aren't performing then why should they stay in the team that's the thing yeah ah, it's difficult so it's, there's, there's, there is a lot of inconsistency going back to the anxious thing it is Cove on Saturday and these are the games that Dundee have Often slipped up in. Yeah, um, don't let Connor Scully <laughs> hit an overhead kick because he got two the last time. Uh, um, yeah, that was that was a poor day. Um, another day where Dundee just conceded three goals. Just that it seems to happen when when things go bad, they go really bad. Um, where is Queens Park? Go to Hamilton last weekend. A resurgent Hamilton, but they're still down in relegation trouble. And Queen's Park do the business. That's what you need to do. Yeah. I don't think it was a spectacular performance. No, I, I sort of looked at the stats. But it was and a it win. Looked, it looked fairly close in terms of stats, but they won 4 1. And they've got goals in them at the moment. I've not been impressed with Cove Rangers, I have to say, since they changed manager. Um, they did beat Partick this all way, though, just a, a, a couple of weeks ago before they turned up at Den. So there is something in them. Um, it's up to Dundee to go and win that game though. They have to win that. Will they though? I Silence! Think, I think they've got to. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they will. Cove were within 10 minutes of beating Morton on Saturday at Capital. Yeah. But the loss, which suggests to me that they're fragile. They're yeah. fragile at the back. So Dundee, but one thing Dundee have got to do is get right at them. You know, when the game starts, boom, get every opportunity, balls in the box, mm. don't overcook it. 
if Cover's struggling to defend anything, make sure you're putting balls. Ask the question of the two defenders in front of the goalkeeper. Ask questions of the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Get balls in and around that. And get box. Robertson in the game. That's yeah, the yeah. I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the one. They've got to do it. I mean, who looks yeah. like real quality in terms it's of. It's better they're starting with him now. Yeah. And that, I mean, it, it does strike me that he's not going to last 90 minutes, yeah. but start him. Yeah. Let him go at full pelt until he's out of steam. And you're bringing someone on then who's going to be fresh against tiring that's, defenders. That's definitely the way to go rather than sort of bring them on to try and change the game when you're maybe toiling to get a goal. You know, he still, to me, looks off it in terms of fitness, uh, which is understandable given he's played very little football mm-hmm. this season yeah, uh, at all. And he, since he came back, he's, he's, he's playing catcher, but he gave co- the Cove defence a torrid time at Dens when he did come onto the park. Um, so that's what, that's what Dundee have got to do uh, on Saturday. And... and Hopefully get get the result and get get down the road and because I'm looking at, we're talking about Queen's Park and t- Queen's Park are, are the best set of football inside I've seen this season when I saw them at Dens Park the way the way they set up and the way they want to play the game now Dundee beat them that day three nothing but it, it never altered the way they wanted to play Tom. Mm-hmm. They, they still wanted to play an expansive game and you can see why they won games there's ten games to go I reckon Queen's Park have got in them to win six of those ten games that puts pressure on Dundee yeah. To win seven or eight, and I mean, I'm not saying Dundee will lose too many games, but can they actually win these games, Tom? Which is if Cove can go and win six, sorry, if, if Queen's Park can go and win six of their ten, big pressure on Dundee to do even better. I'm sitting here and I'm, all, I'm almost giggling because we're basically we've looked at United. And one of the problems: don't have enough options. Didn't leave themselves enough options. Dundee, <laughs> too, too many. many options. How, You've got three how goalies. How crazy Dundee. is this yeah, game? Yeah. Dundee have got three first first choice goalies that would quite easily just I mean, the, the, across the road. I know it's a hundred yards across the road. Just send them <laughs> gloves in hand. Honestly, it's an embarrassment of riches. But I could I could have stood up and applauded there when Bear was talking about just the need for intensity, whip balls into the box, yeah. give your attacker something. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I would be saying to the Dundee United team as well. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what I would be saying. Stop punting balls up to Stephen Fletcher when he's got nobody around him and get people wide, get the ball into the box and give the man something to attack. Mm. It's uh, I, I watch an awful lot of overcomplicated football these days, it seems like, or people talking about making um, people talking and making football sound overly complicated yeah. there really is particularly in Scotland something to be said for you know it's yeah, not it's but, not dinosaur but, to say get the ball wide and get yeah, it into the box yeah. yeah you're right we're not talking about just lumping yeah. aimless balls there is a structure to it but it's not a delayed structure that takes forever which allows mm-hmm. allows teams to just yeah. get back and sit back and sit with two banks of four in front of their goalkeeper and, and there's no space in the box do it quickly get mm. wide Get balls in the box and then you'll create chances. Best ever Dundee United team. John Holt told me not that long ago that if he played everywhere, but when he was playing full back, he was allowed to play the ball inside once. And if it came back to him, he had to play it down the line looking for Dodds or Sturrock. Mm-hmm. It had to go forward. Because uh, simple thinking of, uh, unless unless you're Man City or, or Real Madrid, once the, if you give the other team time to get set defensively you're probably not going to score in this this position so as you say Alan sometimes it makes sense to get the ball forward quickly not recklessly but as quickly as you can the notion of direct football seems to get a a a bad rap these Mm. days and it does not mean long aimless punts it just means 
being playing with an intensity and attacking impetus that isn't side to side to side to side. It's uh, it's if you've got wingers or wing backs that can whip in across then let them do that. Let them get the ball out their feet and put the ball in the box with a bit of quality because playing the percentages, you've got more chance of scoring a goal that way than, as I say, I mean, I can only speak for the team I watch week in, week out, but uh, sometimes it looks like Dundee United are trying to score the perfect goal. And um, there, there are similarities in the two teams here, Alan. I mean, I've not seen Dundee United that much. You've probably not seen Dundee so much, but there are similarities in as, in as much as the player one man up top who has been isolated mm-hmm. and who can score goals that isn't being given the opportunity to score goals because they're not getting in, mm. the, in the, right, the right position. When Dundee were winning all these games before Christmas, it was because Luke McCown was on the left, uh, Paul McMullen was on the right, and they were creating chances. Yeah, They were creating chances. Now, I yeah. accept that players go off the boil, but even if these two are not playing every week, and that's what Gary Boyer should be saying to their replacements, you just concentrate on going down that wing. You go down mm. that wing. You've, you've made the yeah. example yeah. of Queen's Park. Uh, um, what they're... The way they play might get them promoted. I think what Owen Coyle appreciates is with the squad he's got, if he starts changing the way they play, mm-hmm. they won't get no. promoted. Yeah. No, that's right. No, absolutely. It, it, it's it's giving, giving your team best chance. And if, play, if players know when they go on the park what their job is, what those around them's mm. jobs are, it gives you a better chance of winning, doesn't it? it? Queen's Park also have a bit of an advantage. I'm just looking at the fixture list. Uh, if Dundee don't win on Saturday, I mean, Queen's Park are playing Morton, which is a tough game. But Dundee's game the following week has been uh, moved later because it's the Scottish Cup, but Queen's Park are playing that weekend against Cove. So they've got a big chance to steal a march and get points on the board. And at this stage of the season, you want points on the board rather than games in hand. Well, shown that, haven't they? Yeah. there any Dundee fans that weren't anxious <laughs> before this podcast. So uh, what, what are you saying here? Is this, is this an SFA Scottish SPFL conspiracy against <laughs> yeah. yeah, coming from Hamden. I mean, very close to Queen's Park. Oh, right. So, um, no, it's just maybe unfortunate the way that Dundee's March fixture list is, is very light. Um, so unfortunate for me because I'll still have to fill the paper. <laughs> um, but I, I think I'll still read it, George. <laughs> It just puts more pressure on Saturday. I think um, they, they need they need to stop this this run that they're on. They need three points on the board, and they need to feel good about themselves over this mm. two week break that's coming up. This is beginning to sound like an episode of Frasier. Anyone got any problems? <laughs> want to phone in? How's life at home? Yeah. But will they do that? Did I? I did, think they will. Do they react to pressure well? Bizarrely, they seem to do it in the big games. Yeah. Do they put them. On the pitch against Queen's Park. No, put no. them on the pitch against Ayr. They seem, they seem to manage it. Put them on the pitch against Cove. Dense part that were time-wasting from about five minutes in, I think. Who, uh, Dundee? No, Cove. <laughs> Cove. I, th- I think it was very much a tactic from Paul Hartley to get the Dundee crowd on, on their team, which obviously he has experience of in his time at Dens. Um Oh, he'd enjoy a win over Dundee. Certainly would. Understandably. Uh, yeah. Um, well, they have been probably for me the, the poorest team since the the turn of the year. Cove. Which maybe is that adding to the anxiety? Or yeah, you're just you're just producing the biggest <laughs> banana skin of the season so far, George. 
Dundee uh, are going to win. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. There's a happy note on which to end. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>